to The Minority Experience. I'm your host, Taria Malin Shepard. This show is sponsored by AratebRand.com. For the biker and you, browse our extensive collection of t-shirt, motorcycle jackets, helmets, gloves, and more. Click the website link below in the description. Today, I would like to talk to you about a sneak peek in the book, Diary of a Landlord, Three Code Enforcement Violations. The name of this show is our first break-in. Now, we'll start to show off. Uh, we had, this is about almost two years since I purchased the property. We had, we are renovating the apartment complex. It's 98 units. And with the outside landscape, with the interior remodels, we have a waiting list of people that want to move in. And so there's a tenant named Brenda who had two children and a brother that she was his payee. Because he was mentally disabled, she received a social security check. So this was approved with our guidelines. We wanted to move mentally, physically disabled people in to get a consistent check and for them to have a payee. And this would also change the community to make it more wholesome and more uh, stable. So Brenda, uh, she had two sons and her little brother. And when I say little, he was bigger than her. (laughs) And um, basically she wanted to rent a two bedrooms, which should have been a red flag. But Brenda wanted to meet me, the landlord, not just with the leasing agent. She said she wanted to ask me a question. And I said, what's your questions? Because I already knew the questions were always, do you have bed bugs and roaches? Those, that was a number one question. We can actually say no. We actually had two uh, scares of bed bugs at that time. But we, the answer to do we have roaches is we exterminate uh, twice monthly. So Brenda, uh, her question was, do you have any break-ins? And I could honestly tell her at that time we had no break-ins whatsoever. Uh, no one had broken into the property. Uh, the jugglers across the street. We had a love-hate relationship. Uh, they would stay off the property, as far as I knew, and um, we just had no break-ins. So uh, she moved in, and when she moved in, it was her first night, but second day, and I had just pulled up to the property. I had not even set everything up in my office good when one of the maintenance guys busted my office and said, hey, Ms. Shepard, uh, the new girl, Brenda, that just moved in, said somebody just bust in her house and tried to snatch her 55-screen-inch TV off the wall. So I immediately grabbed the shotgun. I ran to her 
uh, apartments and what what happened? She said she was in a shower um, and she still has on a tile. So this is not the greatest picture. Um, but she said she heard some noise and she jumped out the shower and this uh, guy, he's a black guy, brown skin and all black, he's thin. He was trying to yank the TV off the wall. And I was like, wow, this has never happened before. We, we never had this happen before. I said, but we'll talk about this later. Let's go see if we can find who it is. She said they just left maybe like two, three minutes ago, so they can't go far. So I'm running to the front of the building. We don't see anybody running. We look around and I happen to look towards the corner store and there's a young man that meets the description. He's black, brown skin, all black, and he posted up to sell drugs. So I run down there with my shotgun. Tell him, put your hands up. Did you just bust open my door and try to grab a TV off the wall? He said, no, Ms. Shepard, I'm not crazy. We don't mess with your stuff. And so I go, Ms. Shepard, how do you know my name? He says, don't you know all the drug leaders know your name? We all know who you are. And so with that, um, I put the gun down, told him he can put his hands down. I was like, well, did you see who went over there? Because someone just tried to bust, kick the door in. And he was like, no, he hasn't seen anything. And I said, okay. And as I was about to leave him, I said, wait a minute. I said, oh my God. And I was looking at his face. I said, you are absolutely gorgeous. I know. I just, <laughs> I just had a gun up to him. Now I'm giving him a compliment. Well, because I didn't even pay attention to his face. And I looked. I said, you remind me that that uh, actor, the guy who thinks he can sing, that Tyrese character. I said, but look at you. You are absolutely gorgeous. So take your hood off. Let's take a look at you. I said, oh, wow. I said, you could be modeling. So what are you out here selling drugs for? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, you stand up before the Lord. You're going to have to give account for your life. And with a face like that, you're going to be in big trouble. Big trouble. You should be a model. I said, what you doing out here? I said, don't you get it? You're going to end up dead. You're going to end up dead. Or in jail. And if you end up in jail with a face like that, you're going to be somebody's wife and mess up your whole life. Mess up your family's life and your whole life. He, he says, look, he said, I'm only 18. I said, I know you look like a baby. He goes, but I have a newborn baby and I got to support the baby. And I say, well, I said, there's no excuse. None at all for you to be out here selling drugs. I said, you could have a side hustle. You can sell t-shirts, jeans, something. Just not drugs. You're killing people. People are getting addicted to what you're selling and you're tearing up their lives. I said, you are responsible. You need to stop while you can. He was like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm a two-time felon. I said, oh, don't give me that. I said, quit thinking about these dead-end jobs like McDonald's and Burger King. Think about starting your own company. It's something you can do. I said, look, I just had a tenant. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Rolita. And Rolita just came here from Mexico less than two years ago. 
You know how she got in this country? Let me tell you. She wasn't blessed to be born here, but she is a hustler. She said she got to this country by putting a backpack on her back with a plastic, all her belongings in her plastic bag. And she put on her bathing suit and a jacket. She had a big log and she fastened it to her face and she breathed through that log uh, as she walked the, the bay floor of the ocean and walked over here. And then once she got over here, she threw the log in the water and she just walked out the ocean with her bathing suit on. See, they're not trying to crawl the wall. <laughs> they can go get through the ocean. And so she um, said for the first three months, it was really hard. Uh, she didn't know the language that well, but she's a hard worker. She said she um, worked three jobs. She was doing two, working at two different hotels, cleaning hotel rooms. She's cleaning houses on the weekend. And uh, she said she didn't even have enough money to have her own room. She said she, they were in a three-bedroom apartment. And her and her two daughters that she paid to get over here, uh, they were on one half of a bedroom. And another family was on the other half. So you imagine a three bedrooms with six families all getting along. It may be not the easiest thing, but they're all trying to, you know, make a better life for themselves. She said she was able to barter, save up. She got a food truck. One of the hotels she was cleaning at, uh, she approached the general manager about having her food truck because they had a bar uh, that was open to two in the morning. And so she asked if she can have her food truck to be parked outside the bar from 10 p.m. to two in the morning. And so it worked out, he allowed her. She got credit from a Mexican store and uh, they let her have the food that she needed. And after six months, guess what? She moved out of the apartments. She had enough money to buy her own house. Well, the house was needing a lot of work, but she said she had a barter system. She got a plumber, electrician, a carpenter, and they renovated a whole house. Now she's a homeowner. In less than two years, she owns a home. She has a business. She's thriving. She's got her own cars and she's doing well and once she got here she was able to get her papers and no you don't have to be a citizen to buy real estate in america that's a violation of civil rights you don't have to be a citizen i said look at what she did she humbled herself she hustled and now she's a homeowner she did break her lease and they did leave that uh, apartment a mess um, when I went and checked up on that apartment she had three refrigerators two stoves <laughs> so next time you think of eating at a food truck you don't know where they making that food at and she did have roaches so kakarocha mm. but uh, and that's because they were always cooking all of that food but the nice thing I remember Rugalita doing was any extra food she had she would feed the area kids so a lot of people they get low on food at the end of the month you know when the food stems run out 
they would send their kids to her house and she would feed them. I'm sure she's doing that where she lives now. But I told that story to a young man. I said, hopefully that story inspires you that you didn't have to come to this country and walk the floor of the ocean. Yeah, our our great-great-great-grandparents, maybe even great-great-grandparents, a lot of them were slaves. A lot of them were, were the Native Americans. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, and um, you can make it even with your double felonies if you try and give some effort. I said, because look how handsome you are. That don't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. I said, so you can do something. You can start a business. You can start something. If you would just pray and ask God to forgive you for everything you've done and then ask him to give you an idea so that you don't have to sell drugs anymore, I know he would do it because he answers prayers. They do. So I said, I don't know what else to tell you. But uh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to end up dead or in jail. Pick one. But you won't be able to provide for your newborn child being dead or in jail. Okay? And I left him. Well, about a week later, uh, of course, I was doing my hustles. Uh, I was working on, we were remodeling my construction company. We were remodeling a salon across town. And I had just hired two more maintenance guys so we can fix up more apartments at Virginia Pines. So I get this frantic call about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Miss Shepard, they are shooting. You are not paying me enough for this blank, blank, blank. I said, who's shooting where? They're not shooting on the property yard. They said, yes, they are. I said, wait a minute. I left my car there. I left my 745. I really like that car because it had the AC and massage chairs and even in the back seat. And I said, well, go wash my car. Make sure they didn't go shooting by my car. And uh, I said, well, who is it? He says, two drug dealers. And the one drug dealer, he said, just he looked like he was running towards your car. And the other drug dealer just ran on top of him and just shot him five times. Pow, 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 pow. And so I'm listening to this gun. I'm like, look, I'm on my way. I said, just this don't happen all the time. These people are out of their freaking mind. So um, I'm, I get get my things. I told the team, hey, you know, let's take care of phase two. I'll be back tomorrow. I got to go get my car and check on the property. And so time I get to the property, the, everything's roped off. The cop goes, Miss Shepard, you can't get your car because it's, it's, it's literally to die, die maybe eight feet away from the car. And so they said it's a part of it's a part of their crime scene and they're doing their I didn't realize they do chalk and do tape, a whole whole thing. And so it was like almost two in the morning before I can get to my car. And so a couple days went past and uh, this drug leader knocks on my door. I was like, man, you guys are bold. And I go, what do you want? And he goes, Miss Shepard, we're not here to cause any problems. We just wanted to pay some respect to my little brother. I said, Oh, the young man that the, the young man they said a drug leader got that got shot. He's like, yeah. He said, and he was my little brother, and he told me what you told him. I said, oh, good. And did I cuss him out? He said, no. He, you pulled out a shotgun on him. 
I said, oh no, that's not that young man that was across the street. And I told him, he said, yep, yep. He said, he told me what you told him. And um, he said, I was starting to work for a construction company doing roofs, but then I was about to get back in the game. And now after listening, he told me what you told him, that he was going to be dead or somebody's be in jail. And uh, he said, I was like, that, I, 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 I just don't believe it. So let me see a picture of him. And they had his picture already in the frame. They did a nice little memorial, had balloons, bears. And I looked, I said, oh my God, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's a little Tyrese, he's, but he's more handsome. I was like, oh my God, look at this young man. Uh, yep, he's got to go, got to go. The gods have spoken. Well, um, I told him, I said, hey, I, I said, I wish it was more I could say. I, I gave him an example. I did everything I could do for him. Everything I could do. He said, yeah, we appreciate it. I said, all right, go ahead and uh, we'll let you keep your stuff in our kind of our parking lot for about a week. So go ahead and have your memorial. And they left. And then after that, the tenant was so outraged that Brenda, that I had let the uh, drug dealers come to the property and do the memorial, that she just started calling code on us for the stupidest stuff. And really it was, she, we had our first month last rent and literally I just told her, look, once we're gonna use your last month's rent, just move out, just move out. I said, there's nothing else I can say. This is our first time we had a break in and I was like, I was like, wait a minute, when did you move in? And she was like, what do you mean? I said, did you move in in the daytime? She said, yeah, it was like about one o'clock. I said, well, I said, everybody know when you move into a rough area, urban area, the ghetto, the hood, you don't move in in the daytime and show everybody your TV. You move that stuff in at night. That's common sense. So no, we never had any break-ins, but you, what you asking for people to take your stuff? <laughs> wow. Needless to say, she called code and minor things we had to fix. Luckily, she wasn't punching holes in walls and giving us a really hard time because that would have took us 60 days to Victor. She ended up staying her whole time on her lease. And after a few months, she quit calling code and she actually was an okay tenant besides that. So needless to say, the lessons learned, um, we started telling people, you got valuables, don't move in in the daytime, move that in the, in the evening and cover it up. Don't have these boxes of brand new TV sitting out your apartment door. Go throw them in a dumpster. Um, and as a landlord, you know, I really worked hard to change the lives of people in the community, the people who the society has pretty much thrown away. So on that note, uh, again, this show is brought to you by Arati Brands. See the sponsor in the description of the show. And this is a story out of the book, 
Diary of a Landlord, book three. Click on the link to buy one and two. Book three will be out here in a couple months. It's coming soon. Thank you for listening.